Justice Hill is in the backfield flanking Jackson. He stays in the block. Jackson fires and that will be intercepted in the end zone by Johnson. Karen Johnson. And only Jackson can stop him now. Too late to the end zone. Touchdown. Hey now, and welcome to the 10th year of the Sportscasters. I started this podcast on January the 11th, 2011. Uh, And of course, last week, uh, the 11th came and went, and the Sportscasters turned 10 years old. This is actually season 11, episode 1. Now you would ask, how, how can you have a podcast that's 10 years old? But you have a 11th season. And the answer to that is uh, one year we really wanted to say it was our season finale to help get a guest. And instead of waiting to the end of the year, we went from either season one to two or two to three. It was one of the early ones uh, because it just sounded like a better pitch to ask this person. I can't remember who it was. If they wanted to be on the season premiere of the podcast. So that that's why I did it that way. And uh, because of that. Now we have uh, 11 seasons and 10 years. So, so here we are today, and it's a special episode. It is the, uh, the birthday episode of the podcast, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to, in one second... Have first things first, then we will put to bed uh, the 2020-2021 New Orleans Saints. And then we'll take a break, and we'll come back with Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan was the very first guest on the podcast, uh, and he is the first guest on the 10-year anniversary special. This interview was done before, before his piece about the Mets GM was released, so obviously we don't talk about that. Uh, and we didn't go long because I, he was busy, and I, I wanted to get him for this. So we did this real quick, and then we'll get him again soon. So Jeff Passon is the first guest. Uh, then we'll take a break, and uh, I'll talk about the book club a little bit. We'll do a book club. Uh, and then I'll do two back-to-back. So I have Greg Wyshynski, formerly the Puck Daddy, who was the second guest on the Sportscasters. He'll join us to talk about what's going on in the start of the hockey season and a little bit about his memories of being on the early episodes of the Sportscasters. And then after that, we will have Don Russ on. If you've been a longtime listener to this podcast, you know who Don Russ is. He is a friend that I've had since a very early age. Uh, our whole lives, we've known each other. Our parents were friends. We, we went to daycare together when we were toddlers, infants, whatever. Uh, and he was originally a co-host of this podcast for the first six years or seven years or so. And then as he had a second kid and his job moved and his plate got fuller, uh, he just stopped doing it. 
We never really even had a conversation about it. He just kind of stopped coming, and I understood what that meant, and I went on by myself. But it didn't feel right to not to have a 10-year anniversary show and not have Don on. After that, we'll do some plugs. We'll do one last thing. I'll talk about 10 years of the sportscasters and talk about what's ahead, uh, and then that'll be the uh, that'll be the show. So, all right, first things first, before we get to all that, the Saints lost to the Buccaneers. I guess 30 to 20 was the final score. And I remember my mom had said to me, well, what do you think of the game? And I was nervous about it, but I said, you know, if we play our best game and they play their best game, I think we will win. And Tampa Bay played their best game and we didn't come close and we lost. And the game started with two great kickoff returns. Uh, well, a kickoff return and then a punt return, I guess was the order. I don't know. Maybe it was two punt, two punt returns by Devonta Harris, which we got two field goals. So field goals instead of touchdowns. Six nothing instead of potentially 14 nothing. And then after all kinds of things happened and the game was 20 to 13 in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, the Saints are driving on a third and two. And Breeze completes a pass to Jared Cook. And Jared Cook gets the first down and turns up field and fumbles. And within a blink of an eye, it's 20 to 20. And it was all downhill from there. The Buccaneers finished the game with 17 straight points. Breeze had a couple picks. Three in the game. It's his first time he had three picks since a game since 2016. It's almost five years. And uh, the the Saints went out as they have the last four years without a second Super Bowl for Breeze and, and Peyton. And, of course, the backdrop of the whole entire playoffs was that this was it. You know, Breeze hasn't officially announced it yet, but it sure does seem like he's done. Seems like it's best for him. It's probably best for the team who's not in the best spot in terms of salary cap. So, to me, it's the end of the Breeze and the Peyton era. And what a terrible way to end. I will say, as a fan, it was a lot easier to handle the loss this year. You know, it's nice for once to not lose on the last play, as they had the three years before that. You know, it's nice that we just lost. We got beat. We didn't play our best. You know, Breeze wasn't wasn't good. You know, the defense allowed a touchdown on the first three turnovers, never stood up and made a play. You know, didn't force a turnover. I think only had one sack real early in the game. Mike Thomas didn't have a single catch. I guess he played the whole season. Injured, he's going to have a couple surgeries. You know, Kamara had 100 yards, all purpose. Nothing spectacular, though. And that's it. We're out. It's over. And now that new era will begin. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I never quite thought they were good enough this year. Just always felt like there was something, whether it was Mike Thomas battling injuries or uh, Kamara getting COVID or, you know, I think there's like four or five starters who played every game. It was always someone or something. And look, at they played the last four years. They won 49 games, which is more than any other team in the league. And they only got the one seed one time. Only got one bye week. Only went to one NFC championship game and won no Super Bowls. 
So that's that. That's it for that squad. We'll see what happens next year. They're way over the salary cap. I'm sure they have a plan. They're very good at that. I'll leave that to them to decide what needs to happen in terms of achieving the goal of reaching the cap. One thing I'll say is goodbye, Jared Cook. I don't ever want to see that guy again. And look, at at the end, I just hope I enjoyed Drew Brees enough. You know, I hope I sat and smelled the coffee enough times. I hope I looked up enough times to appreciate what he did. I think I did. I know I always had his back. I always defended him. I always looked for someone else to blame, even when maybe he was the person to blame, which was rare. Uh, but that's it. That's the end of the, the Breeze-Payton era. So we'll see what happens from there. The Bills are still going. It's crazy here in Buffalo. Best of luck to them. They'll play Mahomes and the Chiefs this week. We'll see what happens there. And that's the Packers and the Bucks. The Bucks find a way to win the Super Bowl this year. It'll be their second, and both times the Saints swept them in the regular season. 2002, where the Saints were 9-4 and four and then lost three in a row, including one to a 1-13 Cincinnati team and missed the playoffs entirely. So, those are the Aaron Brooks days and the Jim Haslett days. That's what that was like. Probably rather be 12-4, and four, win a playoff game, and come up short against a great like Tom Brady, I think. I don't know. But that's it. That's the Saints. And this is the... Uh, 10-year anniversary Sportscaster special. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back with the very first guest on the Sportscasters, Jeff Passan. Our first guest on the podcast tonight was the first guest in Sportscasters history. Then he was with Yahoo. Today he covers Major League Baseball for ESPN. He's a Syracuse grad and a dad out in Kansas City. A warm sportscaster's welcome to Jeff Passan. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, man? Uh, I am fantastic, Steve. How are you? I'm really good. I, I got a, I found this. I wanted to share it with you. So this is uh, January 3rd, 2011, 7.33 p.m. So it's from my original Twitter account, and it, it says, at Jeff Passan. Just finished reading the book. I'd love to have you on the season premiere of my podcast. Do you have 10 to 15 minutes to talk book? <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure at that time I was willing to whore myself out to anyone. So the fact that that you were showing me it, and I don't think I had very many Twitter followers back then either. Yeah, I don't think so, any of us did. But, yeah, I don't think any of us did. I'm to trying, be honest, I'm trying to think. Was I even on Twitter? I think I might have. I think I might have joined Twitter. Was that Paula? Yeah, Paula's sitting right next to me. Yeah. All right, she's making noise. I love it. Yeah. See the fact, like when this when this podcast began, it was my dog. <laughs> okay. My dog made all the noise. Wait. Now it's her. Yeah. Wait. When this podcast began, you didn't have a child. Nope. Um, I don't. I don't think had had the Saints won a championship. I don't think they had so. just won it. They had just won it. They had just won it. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. Um. 
I'm I'm trying to think of other other seminal well, yeah, moments married. that have happened. Between. I wasn't married. I didn't yeah, I was going to say you were not married. I would have. I actually would have been willing to bet that anybody who was starting a sportscasters podcast uh, back in 2011 would not have gotten married in the next 10 years. So the <laughs> fact that you did that, the fact that you did that, actually makes this entire thing a giant dub. Just a huge, huge win for everyone involved. So. So I uh, that's really funny. So um, what happened was after the the message is you got back to me and you said, hey, hit up this person at the publishing company. Now, when I said to you in that text that my podcast, I did not have a podcast. I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea that I wanted to do a podcast, but I did not have one. So then I emailed someone and she had said, she like CC'd you and Dan and Josh and said, you know, basically like, hey, here's this. Does that, and you said then like, yeah, I'll do that one. And then you and I set it up and then we did it. And uh, but, yeah, it's pretty funny looking back. Like I was trying to get someone on a podcast and I didn't have a podcast. So now here's another funny thing about our 10 years of doing this together. I don't know if you remember this or not. So then, I don't know, six months, whatever later. I circle back and say, like, hey, would you want to be on again? And we set up a time to do it at, um, you know, let's say not. it was in a real early in the morning. Let's let's say 9 o'clock Eastern. So I wake up at 8.30 Eastern. My clock is blinking, right? The power had went out. There was a storm. I had six inches of water in my basement, right? My, <laughs> my, my wife is screaming. Right, we're, we've only owned the, our house for a couple of years. You know, it's like the first time anything bad happened to it. You know, like it's all this chaos. Well, in in the midst of that, you know, I have no internet. The power's out. In the midst of that, I miss the call, right? And I realize like at nine thirty that I that I missed it. And I write you, and I'm like, hey, you know, this happened. I'm sorry. You know, can we reschedule? And you were like, wow, this is such a you know, waste of my time and you are pissed off at me. <laughs> was I really? Yeah, I'm trying to find God. I was reading this yesterday. Oh my god. I was reading what a, this what yesterday. A, what a hard You were so mad at me, right? But you gotta hear this apology letter I wrote you. If I it's funny because yeah. of course yesterday I'm searching on my phone and finding everything instantly. And right now for some reason my phone only wants to go back to two thousand thirteen. But um yeah so so, Did I ever apologize for being a dick? No, you, you, I deserved it. Like, but I write back this. I'm like, listen, man, I'm a first time homeowner. You know, I woke up. There's all this water in the basement. I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm really sorry. My wife was yelling at me. She hasn't been my wife yet, but she's yelling at me. I'm like, I made a mistake. I just handled it wrong. I'm so sorry. Please come back on. And you wrote, you wrote back. You're like, hey, man, all good. That's the best. That was one hell of an apology or something like that. He said. All right, I that that's I still shouldn't have done that. I I was I was impetuous ten years ago. I'd like to think that in the last decade, my my personal growth has been calming the hell down. <laughs> which which with my which with my job is like not an easy thing to do because it is a pretty high stress. Uh, you know, brain needs to be on all the time. Uh, job and and people who do like screw with my time, uh, not not happy with them, but it doesn't happen quite as much as it used to. Maybe so. Maybe, 
you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I don't react quite the same because, uh, nobody's foolish enough to, to just totally flake out like you did, Steve. Yeah, no. And you know, it's funny when I started this, like my one thing is like, (laughs) I'm never going to waste anyone's time. I'm going to read every book. I'm going to do everything I say. And then you're, you're blast. Okay. So, okay. I found it. Right. So this is fun. Oh God. So first of all, this is going to be, I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed right now before you even read it. No. Cause I'm going to, I deserve, I'm gonna, I deserve this. I'm going to start with the apology. Just, just know that you wrote to me saying you're pissed off. Leave me buzz off. All right. So I write back on, uh, this is dated February 6th, 2012. I, Mr. Passon. <laughs> it, <laughs> it has been almost a year since we last talked and the status of our working relationship is still my biggest regret. I wanted to apologize again for missing our scheduled appointment last April and again try to explain the confusion of that day and my side of the story. I recall we were scheduled to talk early in the morning. I woke up to a blinking alarm clock, three inches of water in the basement, a screaming wife, and mass confusion. I didn't have power or internet and I didn't have access to your phone number until my computer turned back on. I was a first-time homeowner. I panicked. The whole thing got away for me. Before I got the chance to explain, you were understandably angry, and I never felt like I got a chance to explain or apologize. It's still going. We have improved the show each week since you appeared on our very first podcast. We're into our second season. I have great relationships and fun interviewing some of the biggest names in media and sports. It's hard for us to be estranged from the guy who appeared on our first podcast and was the very first guest on the show. I'd love for you to accept our apology and appear again. Uh, hope you consider putting the past behind us and giving another chance. Much respect, Steve. So this is you. I wrote all that, right? And you wrote back, all is forgiven, Steve. That was one impressive apology. Can we tape around noon on the 14th? I will say this about you. I will say this about you. Okay. You have gone, you have gone back to the you were our first guest well yes every time we fucking talk yes like every single time it's it is just a it's your go it's it's your it's your go-to move yeah you and for today. and you yeah oh of course you did <laughs> i like like i'm in the middle of i'm in the middle of some stuff right now right, right. and well, i gotta get 10 minutes and and you and you said and you said but but you were our first guest Right. And, and there's something there's something in me that just falls prey like you know I'm a sucker for that. I don't know why I am. I, I've never given it much thought, but I'm a total sucker when you say that. So I, I you know, I think it's because like he, here's the the reality, and this is not something that I'm particularly proud of. Um, but I get asked to go on podcasts all the time now, mm-hmm. and I just I don't I don't do it. I just don't do it because uh, it, like it's, it's a responsibility and I want to, you know, if I say yes to one person, I got to say yes to everyone. Sure. You asked me to be on before anyone wanted me on podcast. Right. It was great. And I, and, and I very much appreciate that. It's like, I, I, I've said this to some people before, even, even sources, um, like you knew me before I went to ESPN and that's a that's an interesting line of demarcation in my life, where the people who knew me beforehand and and know me afterward, and, you know, it, it's not a it's not a greater than or less than, but it's there's a level of appreciation for their there for 
someone who who cared before I was on TV. And that's and that's really nice. And and one of the reasons that I, I had totally forgotten our estrangement. Um, but <laughs> one of the reasons that ever since then I've enjoyed coming back on with you. Well, I love having you. And we've had some fun nights. Like I remember one night you almost got hit by a car walking down the street in Chicago. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yep, I remember that. Because that's the one thing is like I will I tell people this and it, you take advantage of it. I will do an interview to get it any time of the day. Right. So you're like, that okay. is true. You're like, all right, how about three 30 AM? I'm like, all right. So we did it. No, that's the thing. Like yeah. the, I like the, the, the amazing part of this show is that you remain married. Yes. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. And fill in any part of my life, but the, you know, like, you know, I look in the mirror, the amazing thing about looking in the mirror, I'm still married, you know, but, <laughs> but uh listen i don't want to keep you too long i know you got some big shit coming you said and we'll circle back i won't say hey you you were my first guest can we do this now? but you said like let's do it longer when you, you know you 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 will say that will and that's say, okay okay uh, i like that but uh tell your son um i hope that we we will be facing off in in uh kansas uh in not kansas city but tampa bay in a few weeks my dream. Uh, let's let's see if Drew can throw a pass uh, more than six yards. It'd be great. <laughs> air yards. You going with the air yards stat, huh? Air yards. Yeah, I I mean it's like it, there's some truth to it, buddy. Yeah. Well, he's clearly look at he's clearly on his last lap, right? I mean, there's no hiding that. Like I I I don't but, see any scenario where he's back next year. So he's got one more chance to make a run, you know. So hopefully. He empties it out. It's going to be a tough game this week if they win and it's Green Bay. That'll be really tough. So it's not by any means a given. By the way, what's it feel? What's it feel like being a Buffalonian who's not a Bills fan? Oh right my now? God! Well, right now it's hyper intense because everyone's like, "What if we play in the Super Bowl?" And I'm like, "That sounds like the most lonely two weeks of my life ever." You know, like of course. nobody is. And you know, I always I'm not a Bills fan and. At some points in my life, I've been the opposite of a Bills fan, you know. But when the mm-hmm. Saints won the Super Bowl that day, I in, in, in you know like in the fourth quarter when we're getting ready to kneel it, I looked around and all I seen were Bills fans in Saints shirts, cheering. You know, like all my friends and family, like in that room supporting me and my team. You know, so I try my best since then to like support them back, you know, and cheer for them. And but man, if they made the Super Bowl, who? Besides my wife and my daughter, I got nobody. <laughs> like everyone, yeah. I lo- everyone I yeah. love is going to be, you know, on the other side. Everyone. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to support the Bills just to troll you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I would if I were you too. But all right, Jeff, I don't want to keep you too long and take advantage of your kindness here. So thank you for the first you show in the last ten years. I appreciate you. See you, buddy. Take all care. Right. See you, man. <laughs> Could have used a few pounds Tight pants, points, hollering out She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own, sudden way up high I want to thank 
Jeff Passon for a few minutes there. All right, real quick book club update today, and that's to say there isn't much of an update. Uh, I thought we had a great year, season 10, lots of really great stuff, and I've already started reaching out and emailing to publishers and to authors to set up a few books for the beginning of 2021 and season 11. Hopefully by the next episode of the podcast, we'll have a a book or two to announce. I was checking one out about the original Hockey Hot Stove from Hockey Night in Canada, and that looked really cool, so I'm going to follow up on that, see if we can get that one. But the book club will be back as part of Season 11, and we'll have a lot of great stuff on it. And that's really it. That's really all we got for today. Uh, really quickly, I want to mention that, again, the next interview that I did with Greg Wyshynski, uh was done you know, last week. Uh, so before the football games and a little bit before some of the hockey games, I guess it was recorded like around January 9th or 10th, something like that. Last Thursday or Friday, maybe a week ago. Just keep that in mind. And then after that, I'll have Don Russ on the podcast. And don't forget, again, that was recorded the same day as Jeff. Uh, sort of everything was recorded on the 9th or 10th. So I don't remember what we got into in terms of football uh, with Don. Uh, his team won. Mine lost. So it worked out for him, but uh, that's kind of where that stands. All right, Greg, Don, I'll be back for plugs and one last thing. Let's do it. Our next guest today is our second guest and was the second person ever to appear on the Sportscasters back in 2011. He was then with Yahoo, today with ESPN. He was then in Jersey, now he's in California. But he's always great, always willing to do this. A warm Sportscasters welcome to the former Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski. Hey Greg, what's going on buddy? Oh, nothing much. Start of the season, that whole thing. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I made it 10 years and uh, the 10 year anniversary podcast, I had to have the second ever guest on. I appreciate you making time to do it, as you said, in the very beginning of the year. I mean, the season literally started yesterday. So I'll make it a little bit more fun. But thank you for doing this for 10 years now. No, no problem. Yeah. Ten, I know. I, 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 what have you learned most in those 10 years? Uh, I think I've learned most that people are, are generous with time and they do want to talk about the, their work. You know what I mean? Like People, I think, in general, are very proud of their work. And if you give them an opportunity to talk about it, especially when mm -hmm. they write a book, you know, that level of commitment. When you say, hey, would you talk about this thing? They're like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. And they will go if you give them the chance, you know. So, yeah. Um, and I think I've made a whole podcast basically out of that in a way. <laughs> just, just finding people who did work and saying, hey, talk to me about it. So Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, cool. And, and I learned it's hard. You know, it's really hard to do this. I was telling someone, you know, when I started – the challenge was, does that do does do people know what this is? You know, can will they know? Hey, listen to my podcast. I always got what's a podcast? How do you do that? You know, how do you hear it? Oh, it's on my phone. You know, all these kind of <laughs> right, all these kind of weird things like that. And now, yeah, you know, ten years later, everyone knows what a podcast is, and there's a million of them. You know, so now the challenge yeah. is why listen to mine instead of you know, one of the other million. 
So, well, it reminds it reminds me of when I was at you know Puck Daddy, and you know one of the one of the challenges that we had was convincing people that there was a Yahoo Sports, and that uh, you know it's not just a search engine and uh and all that stuff so it's uh yeah it's it's funny how how you know the comfortability with formats changes so quickly i mean you know the the idea that uh you know what's a podcast well now it's like oh i can watch this on on you know video streaming or twitch or a number of other so it's it's funny how how quickly people can a, a technology and a media format can go so quickly from like, what is this to, Oh, this is the norm. And this is the, the, the medium now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, I think Peter King was on my 20th episode and he was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I don't know what you're asking me. You know, I don't know what, if mm-hmm. I'm, now he kicks my ass. He probably does a hundred times the downloads of my show. I mean, not that we're in direct competition, but you know what I'm saying? Like he went from <laughs> not knowing what it is to having his own that probably, you know, I mean, assume, I don't know what, Peter King gets in downloads and I'm assuming it's more than me. I don't know. You know, he's Peter King. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's wild how quick it changes, but uh, thank you so much for, like I said, for doing it for 10 years. I, I don't remember a lot about our first one. I can't go back and listen. It's so cringy to listen to that early stuff. You know, do you ever listen to something you did 10 years ago? It's the worst, right? Oh, no, I mean, in a way, yes. In a way, no. I mean, like the thing about me, obviously, is that, you know, getting the start where I got the start and doing the shows that I've done. I mean, I was young. I was a pup. And when you're a pup, you say things and do things that are, uh, you know, a bit more unhinged and a bit more unfiltered. And, you know, I I look back on on some of that uh, and and, uh, fondly uh, in the the reckless youth part of my, my media journey. And then I look back on it and say, you know, what were you thinking guy that is saying this thing? Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit of both for me. I think, um, you know, everybody wishes they can go back and recapture that initial spark of their career. You know, not to say that my career is, is bad or anything now, but you know, that moment of, of, you know, first like hitting the scene and, and doing something new. And, and I guess for me, like it's a little different because, when I started, I started, you know, Puck Daddy in 2008. Like I was part of such an initial wave of people doing that type of thing, and right. and such an initial wave of of American hockey writers doing a different thing than the Canadians were, and and so it's it's probably less about like, you know, did I did I do I suck now? Because I don't think I do, but I, I do miss the uh, that initial like burst of of uh, creativity and, and, uh, and recognition too, for, um, for that stuff. I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, um, you know, when we first started, it was, everybody treated us as this, this exciting new thing and, and, uh, and was embraced by, um, you know, a, a lot of the media that probably now considers me to be a competitor because <laughs> I work right. at ESPN. Yep. And so the dynamics of that, that situation have certainly changed over the years. So, when I when I look back fondly on the beginning, um, yeah, it's rough around the edges, and there are definitely things that I did that I would do today and that I regret having done. Um, but it's also looking fondly back to that time when every it was such a new horizon for all of us that were just starting out, whether it's me or James Myrtle or or any of the people that kind of came up in that initial blast of of uh, blog royalty. Yeah, I kind of think what I was thinking about when you're saying that, like. I love The Sopranos, and I've watched each episode probably 20 times, right? But I long for the opportunity to watch it for the first time. 
You know, oh yeah. I, I you know I, I think about the I think about you know calling Jeff Passan, who was my very first interview, and the feeling I felt when the phone was ringing. You know, and maybe the next thirty interviews were like that. You know, like it was just like a rush, like oh my god. And then a real unique thing about you, Greg, is you were the first person I saw on TV that was on my podcast, and it was on the um, <laughs> it was on the NHL All Access HBO show. <laughs> And I remember that was on around Christmas, and I was bragging to everyone, you know, at the at my house, like, "Oh, that guy's on my podcast! Look, he's on this thing here now." <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now, now you know, now, now I'm, you know, making hockey bets on ESPN too. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? All these years later, you know, another, yeah. another thing I think about with you is you've had so many podca- podcast co-hosts. You know what I mean? I was thinking about this today. Like, how would I rank? people that Greg does podcasts with because when you when when we first met it was Pizzo right and then right at some point it was wish um your wish uh Merrick Merrick versus Wyshynski yep and then you know um you do one with Emily Kaplan Lambert right Lazo like you've had all these different partners on podcasts you know but I still think the one seed has got to be Merrick though there was oh it it very much is and and, and that's like yeah, and at the end of the day, I think for both he, he and I, I mean, you know, we both obviously have our own podcast things going on, um, sure. you know, since since the show split. But, um, like, I, I think it's a crowning achievement for both of us to have created, not only created something that I think was really influential in the space, and, and we've had people tell us that they were inspired to do podcasts or, or you know, follow their muse because of the show that we did. Um, but also just because it meant so much to people, like it's, it's really, I mean, you know, that you go through your whole career creating content and trying to do cool things and, and entertain people and inform people. And, and, you know, on a daily basis, you have your wins and losses and your moments of triumph and your moments of, uh, of, I wish I could do that better, but to create something that years and years later after it no longer, you know, exists or, or is, is, is creating fresh material, to still have that be as meaningful as it is to people is really a crowning achievement. And I mean, that podcast that Jeff and I did are, is just like, it's such a meaningful thing to so many people where they, they just wax nostalgic about the bits that we did and, and the moments that we had. And, and I mean, yeah, and yeah. I mean like that's, and maybe in the moment when you create something like that, you, you, you have no idea, right? Because yeah. you know, it means something to people and you understand that it's popular and you see where it ranks on, on iTunes and things like that, but it's only unfortunately like after it's done when you, it really kind of come hits home that you've created something that really uh, meant something. And and actually, I mean, that's the saddest part, right? Like is the first time I really clicked for me that did, that it did mean that much was the day that I, we announced it wasn't going to be there anymore. (laughs) And there was like a, like a, like an online funeral, basically uh, like a wake for the show. And so, I mean, that's it sucks that it has to disappear for for it to really ring that true to us that it meant that much but yeah i mean i i don't think there's any question that even you know in in the other things that we've created and done in in the podcast space that have been success successful and meaningful to people like the the thing that we made he and i probably can't be replicated and it was just a really tremendous time it's on the mount rushmore of hockey podcasts you know, I don't even. Think, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's not even. Yeah. you know, it's a, it's a no brainer. Okay, give me the Mount Rushmore hockey podcast. Boom, it's a no brainer. It's the first or the second one you you mentioned. You know, so. 
Yeah, I, I think I think us. Uh, I mean, I, look, man, I I venture to say I have two on that mountain. I I don't. I, I was not the one to to make the official call on that, but Fair like. Enough. I think you could put MVSW and, and Puck Soup on there with checklists and then one other one and right. then and then say you've made yourself a well those are the uh, first you know, that come a to podcast not Rushmore. Yeah, those are the yeah. first three that come I mean, to mind for me. Yeah. You know, I'm so not I, a big, I don't know I'm what the fourth one is. I'm not a big Lazo guy, so like cuz he wasn't very nice to me, but that's like a personal thing. That's nothing against the show. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, that's that's a silly thing. You it, know like but that doesn't take away. It's up there. You know, I wouldn't take it away from him. Well, he, he's not very nice to a lot of people. Right. Neither is Lambert. That's part of the charm. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because Lambert wasn't very nice to me either, but we got along in it. You know, it's like he's got a different kind of surliness. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, I was going to say, too, I had two different funerals with Merrick. I had the funeral when he – when the, the – your podcast, you know, when it was announced, was over, and then the one where I when I when I messaged him to see if he'd come on and say, "Hey, I got this publicist that's taking care of my interview time now. Can you message her?" I was like, "Oh, funeral, <laughs> funeral number two. I just got passed off to the PR person by, <laughs> by Eric." But um, well, it's ama- it's amazing. I mean, like you know, when he and I were doing that show, obviously we were both in in different places. I mean, he he was a prominent figure on Sportsnet, but I mean, yeah. he, he is now the face of Hockey Night in Canada, basically. Right. And, you know, when I was, when, we, when I was doing the podcast with him, I was, you know, doing the Yahoo thing and, and now, you know, have this platform on ESPN. So it's, it's cool. It's cool that, that, uh, even though we're not doing the show together anymore, there's this thrust of upward mobility in our careers that has continued. And I'm really, I'm super happy for him. I think, I think he is, He's so brilliant, and he's so he's so um, steeped in hockey knowledge that the idea that he wasn't running point for them the entire time made no sense to me. Like that's a guy who should have the the biggest chair at the desk for the NHL draft every season, and the right. and the fact that he ne- he didn't have it previously was insane. I agree. Well, part of it I think was just the rights fees in the country, right? And now that they're all pretty much most of it is on sports now, right? I mean, TSN still has the World Juniors, but I think other than that, most of the NHL stuff. Is on sports now, now right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, and uh, and it's been interesting to see that journey for them. Um, you know, they they paid a lot of money for those rights. I think the fact that they paid so much money for those rights and the ratings maybe weren't what they were anticipating for some of that deal. Um, and this is pre-COVID, led them to make some pretty harsh financial decisions. I mean, right. you know, the the Don the Don Cherry thing was what it was as far as. Um, you know him saying things that rightfully got him kicked off the air, but I mean you'd be the queen of naivete if uh, if if you didn't think that there was a financial component um, to that as well. Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's been interesting to see how they've operated under the pressures of that deal. Um, you know, kind of over the, get, over the years. Did he get kicked off because of the poppy thing? Yeah, he got kicked off because of the poppy thing, but that was like, you know, the straw that, that broke the camel's okay. back. I mean, there had been a number of other instances that pissed people off, and, and I think the poppy thing came at a time when the... Um, you have to remember, that was also at a time when the multiculturalism of, of Toronto in particular was being celebrated because you had the Raptors being the sensation and, and you know, the makeup of the city and, and the faces that you saw at those outdoor viewing parties and things like that were kind of, you know, it was a moment to really celebrate the diversity in Toronto and then to have him come out and, you know, basically other everybody, um, the way that he did, um, was just, I mean, it, it was completely out of step 
uh, with with that moment. And yeah. so, I, you know, there was a part of it. There was there, there was for me, it was a combination of like, you know, there there was a number of reasons why he could have gotten him off the air to begin with. Um, this one gave ample ammunition to his critics to really kind of put the hammer down. But I also think that it was a situation where, um, you know, he was making a lot of money and, and they didn't necessarily want to be keeping on spending that kind of money yeah, I think uh, it was for someone who might that. not necessarily be as much watch as much see as he used to be. Yeah, I think that it was a huge factor. I don't know. I'll always be a cherry guy just because I grew up with, you know, I like it, living in Buffalo. We got Hockey Night in Canada, like over the air here. And, um, you know, he said, I don't know. I, the, there was a recent thing with the Poppies, too, um, this year that happened. Yeah. Big controversy. It's, all, it's always a controversy around those Poppies. I don't know. That's above my uh, above my thing. I understand why. <laughs> I understand, yeah. but it's too bad. Too bad it ended that way. You know, a guy who had such a run, it's too bad it, they couldn't have found a better way. And I understand he's part of the blame. It's just too bad. In retrospect, it ended that way. Hey, before I forget, I want to mention, did you see this thing that Pizzo is doing where it's called, because we were talking about your The goalie, goalie thing. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Have you seen that? Yeah, it's a really cool idea. For those yeah. that, so Rob, Rob Pizzo and I did the first podcast I ever did on a regular basis called Puck Daddy Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it good. was when it was a, a co-production between um, Yahoo and The Score and um, – He's a really brilliant dude. He he, he had a, a stint for a while hosting Hockey Night in Canada Radio. Maybe he's still doing it or not, I forget. But, yeah, he's got a new podcast project, which is, it's like goalies talking about being the person who gave up a significant yeah, goal. Or, 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 or I was uh, in that one. I was in that one. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's a really cool idea. I mean, I, I have always had a, a, a certain affinity for um, failure and uh and 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 what what that means for um for for athletes and also for individuals so the idea that, that you know revisiting those moments of you know i gave up the alex ovechkin tumbleweed goal yeah. or, or whatever is is a really clever idea it's a really cool idea yeah i seen desjardins hat trick in the cup i saw the ovechkin one what else did he have the michigan the very first michigan he had the goal he let yeah. that up some really cool ones that's a great idea yeah, it's a cool idea Props i like him. it all right, the sports guests are here with Greg Wyshynski. He was on our second ever show, and he's been on you know every year since, which is amazing to me. Let's get a few minutes of hockey in before I let you go because the season started. Uh, and actually, even before that, one real quick thing. So the U.S. won the World Juniors uh, this year, and you know it's amazing. Like you always think about that tournament. It's like, oh man, you know we're gonna have to get through Canada, and it's gonna be really tough. And seems like. Well, it is true. The last four times they've played them in the gold medal game, they've won. The one year they got a break, I thought, and it's Finland, and they lost that one. So that's kind of a weird wrinkle. But um, what about – do you draw any conclusion uh, for the fact that since 2010, right, the U.S. has four gold medals, and that's more than anyone in the world, in the world junior? What do you think that says, if anything, about – kind of the development of hockey in the United States and maybe around the world as well. Um, the way, the, well, the I, I would say it's, it's inevitable. I mean, the, the, the minute that some of the better athletes in the U S started playing hockey, um, in regions in which they weren't, um, for the first 20 years of my life, uh, was the moment in which the, the tide was going to start turning. So, you know, part of that is NHL expansion that began in, in the 1990s 
uh, to California and to Florida. Part of that is the aggressive way that USA Hockey has funded programs, grassroots programs to get kids involved in hockey in areas where maybe it's not a sport in which their friends are currently playing it. Um, you know, the idea that it's a, it's a regular occurrence now in the National Hockey League draft to have kids from uh, California going in the first round or have Austin Matthews from Arizona uh, going first overall and uh, and being a star in Canada. Like, all these things combined lead to a pipeline of talent for these American teams that simply didn't exist when they were just drawing players from Minnesota, Michigan, and New England. Um, and so, it, it, yeah, and, and so it was inevitable that this was going to happen, that once the talent increased, and as I said to some of the other day, like the most exhilarating thing about the U.S., winning the world junior gold was the way in which they won it, which is that for generations, we've watched American teams go into international competition against Canada on the men's side, not on the women's side. This has not been the case for women's hockey, uh, but on the men's side to go into games against Canada, feeling as though not that they had to win the game, but they had to prevent Canada from winning the game. And the best example is in Sochi in, in 2014, at the Olympics when the U S was rolling everybody in the world until they played Canada. And then they tried to win a one, nothing game. Right. And that's been yep. the mentality. And so t- when you get to a world junior situation, like we saw this, this year, when the U S comes into that game and they are toe to toe with Canada, they're like, our Kung Fu is just as good as yours. We've got the personnel. We've got the talent. We can hang with you. We, you. It's not a situation where we can't hang with you. We can hang with you now. We can beat you. And, a great and, and if that's the, a great, yeah, yeah and not a soft it, one of the best candidate, yep. one of the best candidate teams they've ever had in yep. that tournament. So, the idea that that mindset has finally changed, and you, and then you look ahead to the potential for the next Olympics when the U.S. is going to have Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and and Jack, you know, the, the both Hughes brothers and and all these guys in that roster. Like, if they, there is absolutely no reason why they can't go into that tournament and be like, we, we are just as deep and talented as Canada is, because it's the truth, because the, the talent pipeline has, has led us there. Yeah, unbelievable. It's awesome, awesome to watch. And I hope as we get more successful that maybe that tournament in particular kind of grows in interest in the country too. Although I think the NHL Network's done a pretty good job of, of making it more accessible here for sure. Um. Right. Yeah, there's there's been an uptick. There's been an yeah. uptick. I think the problem is is that it's so reliant on uh, Canadian junior lore uh, to promote those players that it's going to be tough to really, you know, bring people around completely to watching it because there's just so many players that that the casual fan is going to be unfamiliar with. Right. Uh, that's true. You know, then I, I know it's kind of the politics of it, but you know, I also like how we have been very very reliant on people who went through the development system you know, who play for the, the development team, play in the USHL, play college hockey. You know, I know there's been right. some players over the years that people have thought have been left out uh, because of that, because they were a major junior player. And, you know, I think in the long run, though, like because of that, the, the, the team has gotten better in these tournaments. You know, that mm-hmm. group in particular, or they the old ones or whatever, you know, those guys have mm-hmm. been playing tournaments together for at the national stage for six, seven years now, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, uh, let's do a couple NHL things, and I'll let you go. Uh, real quickly, 56 games, uh, different divisions. You only play in your division. There's, like, these mini mini series throughout the year. You know, you play a team three in a row, two in a row. You know, uh, it's just way different, obviously. It's it's what they're doing to get through it and hopefully get to the other side of a, a vaccinated world where we can get back to what we're used to next year. Is there a certain type of team that this is a, 
an advantage to it being played this way? You know, is there a certain team or teams that this is great for or maybe the opposite of that? Oh, man, that's bad for them, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to be tough to say because there's so many unknowns to the season. Um, You know, the first unknown being who's going to play on a nightly basis. I mean, we've already seen the Dallas Stars uh, delay the start of their season because they had 17 players test positive for COVID. So the fact that the lineup is going to be in flux almost every single night for some of these teams is the first unknown. The second unknown is, like you said, the format of the season, 56 games, playing within your own division. You take a team like Toronto, for example, that uh, maybe on a Tuesday night against uh, Florida, uh, that's a different vibe than it's going to be on a Tuesday night against every other Canadian team that basically just wants to take them down a peg. So it's almost like you get a playoff game every night for Toronto. So what does that dynamic feel like? Uh, And then the other part of this, too, is is the empty arenas. I mean, home ice in the National Hockey League can be an overrated aspect in a lot of ways. But in in, in some cases, um, it's a distinct advantage for some teams. So you look at a team, for example, like Vegas or San Jose or places that have traditionally been um, strongholds for home ice advantage and, and and the boost that those crowds give uh, teams or, or simply just the atmosphere they create in a place like Montreal. Like it's, there's no telling what that's going to do for these teams as well. So it's hard to really say which teams are built for it, which teams aren't. The only thing you can really say is that, you know, goaltending, there's always a premium premium on it being the determining factor as to whether a team wins or loses. But I think that goes doubly this year insofar as whether or not they have the depth of goaltending to maintain this breakneck pace schedule they're going to be playing. You know, every team needs to go maybe three goalies deep. Uh, and the ones that can't, unless they've got a guy like Connor Hellebuck with the Jets or Carey Price with the with Montreal that can shoulder the load for 45 to 50 games. I mean, it's going to be real tough. Yeah. And, and you know, there's been this kind of this analytical push, right, towards don't draft a goalie high, don't spend a lot on a goalie you know, get an average goalie, and I'm okay with that, but the problem is when you don't get average goaltending, right? Like, when that's your strategy, and then you don't have a guy who ends up being average. You know, that... Yeah, and a lot of that, I think a lot of that is, uh, the the change in that mindset um, to not trying to draft a goalie as high as the first round or what have you, um, I think has to do a lot with the change in mindset in goalie development and and the idea that if you have the right goaltending coach or have the right goaltending pipeline that you may not necessarily have to go and and uh, and draft somebody in the first round so you know you look at for example um you know the, the islanders vancouver a couple of these other teams that have really good goaltending coaches they they you can throw somebody into that system and and they're going to improve just based on the coaching they're going to get uh, and then you look at a team like Florida that has really kind of tried to shift the paradigm where now they're going to have a comprehensive goalie development system headed by Roberto Luongo, no less, um, in which, you know, from the moment that you uh, get drafted uh, through the moment that you debut in the National Hockey League, it's going to be, you know, one set of voices, one set of eyes, one set of coaches that you're going to be working with, um, you know. Maybe not the team that should really do it when they're stuck with a goaltender for the next, right. you know, six making years making uh, ten yeah. million dollars a season. Yeah. But uh, but that's the sort of thing that we're going to see now. And so far as goaltending goes, is this notion of, you know, you can get a guy in a, in a later round and then put him into the right development system, and and uh, and that's how you end up with your goaltender versus having to spend, 
you know, th- th- there was a goalie that I think went, you know, 12th or 11th overall, Askarov to the uh, Predators, and and that's an anomaly in hockey. That doesn't right. often happen. Right. Yeah. It's weird growing up in this market, too, because the Sabres have always been built around goalies, right? Like, even back to Roger Crozier in the 70s, you know, Tom Barrasso in the 80s, you know, um, obviously Hashik and then Miller, you know, like people want a great goalie and the Sabres have tried this approach. Well, they've tried a lot of approaches that haven't worked, you know, but it seems like the only year they got the average or above average goaltending was the year they were trying not to win the games. So they had to move, you know, just whatever. But do you, did you make a Stanley Cup pick? The Sabres and who? I did. I, it's actually, I have a column today on ESPN.com, uh, on ESPN Plus, I should say, that um, explains it. I, I'm, I'm picking the Leafs uh, partly because I like the mix that they have. Um, I think that they've made some interesting improvements both in, in the uh, veteran leadership category but also defensively that I like. Um, I'm a little concerned about certain parts of the team, but I am hoping that uh, through the playoff failures that they've had, they've learned a thing or two about the type of game they need to play in order to win in the postseason. It takes a while for a young team to figure that out, and I'm hoping that they have. But mostly because uh, it is a cursed year, and a year in which many weird things are happening in sports. The Cleveland Browns winning winning playoff games, things of that nature. So if it's ever going to happen, a 56-game sprint, uh, in which the um, Leafs are as far away as possible from the Boston Bruins uh, <laughs> seems like a, a, a pretty a pretty good recipe for this uh, uh, this drought that's lasted since 1967 to finally be uh, broken. You're picking them to win it, not just be in it. Win it. Oh yeah, I'm picking them to win the cup. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have them over now. Colorado. Oh, I love the I love now. the idea of the Leafs winning the cup over the team that is the super sexy. Sure. Uh, pick and then they can come back and win it next year. Like the bridesmaid becomes the bride. Oh God! I well, I hope I, I hope you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse in life than that. But uh, I guess it has been one of those years for the worst to happen. Uh, uh, quickly, will the, will the Sabers make the playoffs? Will the Sabers make the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. No, because the divi- <laughs> okay. Hold on, hold on. Because they got a bad break with being in the best division, yeah. Or because I mean that's part of it. I mean, well, so they they got a bad break being in a, a tough division. Um, you know, even even if the Bruins take a or, or the Penguins take a slip this year because of their personnel losses or just because of of them aging out of their window, um, the Capitals and Flyers have two playoff spots on lock. Um, you know, the Islanders and Rangers, I think, are both better than the Sabres. Um, and I think the Penguins and Bruins are both better than the Sabres, too. The, the, the issue I have with the Sabres is that um, while they've made some interesting institutional upgrades, um, like the Eric Stahl acquisition and obviously the Taylor Hall acquisition, um, I, their, their defense core was untouched exactly and their the goaltending right was untouched. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it is baffling to me that those two areas of the team, which I, I really think were, were Achilles' heels last year, um, were and especially you know in, in, a, in an off season in which you know two dozen goaltenders were yeah, available, I'm shocked, <laughs> you know, shocked, to try to. I'm shocked with that. I'm shocked they didn't upgrade goaltenders. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, that's that's yeah. to me the the real issue. I, I, listen, I love the coach. I love the Taylor Hall acquisition to give Jackson one to play with. Uh, I think they've made some some interesting strides. I think they're you know some of their younger players show some promise. But um, the the lack of attention to upgrade the back end of that team was really a surprise, especially 
when the opportunity looked like it could be there to move maybe some pieces from that blue line to kind of, you know, change the mix a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. Um, yeah. I am trying to be, you know, optimistic because when you're, you're a fan of a team who hasn't made it in 31 years, you, you have to go into season with optimism or you just bang your head on the desk, but it will be difficult for <laughs> sure. It will be difficult for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, Greg, thank you so much. I hope if I do this for 10 more years, uh, you're willing to be a part of it because I love having you on and I always appreciate your time. Always a fun time. Thanks for having me. Our next guest today is one of the only hosts in the history of the sportscasters. That isn't me. Uh, he's been one of my best friends since the day I was born. Uh, and he's nice enough to uh, take a break to let us know what he's up to since he stopped being one of the co-hosts of the sportscasters. A warm welcome to Don Russ. What's up, Don? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to have you as a guest, but. I yeah, knew that I, I knew that you had to be on this one, um, and I mentioned it earlier. But when the podcast started, uh, Don was the host, uh, and ten years ago, you know, yesterday we started this podcast. We recorded it. Or, or the first one was recorded at your at your buddy Bob's house. Remember, we were yes. in that room for a while. Oh, that's right. What did you think when we started this? Like, what did you think we were doing? <laughs> like what was our do you remember like what was our what were our, our ambitions then? I don't remember. I know we did a fantasy football podcast, like a one off. I don't remember if that was before this yeah, podcast. For I think garbage it was. radio. Yes. Yeah. It was like a one off and that was it was disorganized and we talked for like three hours three about hours, fantasy yeah. football. But we had fun with it. So I think you were just like, hey, let's keep doing that. And I think we were trying to come up with different podcasts to do and we're like, let's do a sports one. Yep. And then that's the only one that really had any legs and lasted. So well, I think Bob had bought the equipment. Yes, as like a passing hobby. Well, yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob goes through hobbies. Yeah, and it came in one, yeah. and the the stuff was sitting there. And you know, the the funny thing too is like we had a guest before we had a podcast. Like we knew we wanted to do it, but then I think when we officially booked passing, passing yeah. it's like okay, we got to do this now because. We have a guest, so like, yeah, you know, I sometimes wonder if Passon says no, do I just kind of blow it off then? Does it, you know what I mean? Because was he the first guy you asked? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had gotten Death to the BCS for Christmas, the book, okay. and that's where I had the idea. I said maybe we can interview people who write books. Maybe that can be a podcast. Yeah, that worked as like a germ of an idea, and then it kind of evolved from there. It's amazing how many guys do that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you see it on other, you know, just on Twitter or whatever. Someone will post something like oh i just did this podcast check it out and it's some podcast i never heard of but it- one thing i knew for sure is that i wanted to get you out of the bank <laughs> we almost did we too. almost did it, but that's a serious thing like when we started this there wasn't a million of them and no, the right. thought of converting one to something beyond wasn't insane right and what happened was, is Don was working a job at a bank, and he didn't like it, and I knew he didn't like it, right. but, but he needed the job, obviously. And I was just leaving my job because of my health. I was going to be out, and we had ambitions, and the first 
if the score didn't get canceled, we would have had a show on it. Yep. We were that close. The score um, still exists in some form, but in 2011, uh, middle or so of 2011, so we had only been at it about six months because it was summertime. Uh, the uh, the program director of the Sirius XM right. score station in Canada, right? In Canada, yeah. contacted us and said he was interested in us doing the show, and he wanted to buy the show, buy the rights to the sportscasters, and then have us produce the show for Sirius XM and broadcast. And we were getting really close. They were and, talking money. Yeah, they were talking yeah. about money offers, and he asked me who I wanted. If I had a representative, and I was talking to Rob, my uh, my the season, season ticket holder, yeah, guy, yeah. Uh, who was a lawyer in Canada, and he was going to represent us. And then he emailed me again and said, "Hey, I just found out this station is not a station anymore, and I'm fired." Oh, you know, they, they, they pulled <laughs> so the plug brutal. on the station. It's so brutal. Yeah. So the score still exists in other forms, but their Sirius XM station was no more. And because it was no more, he was out of a job, and he said, "You know." Wherever I go next, I'm still interested. Yeah. And then he emailed me like six months later and said, yeah, I don't know if you know, but I'm in banking now. Really? Yeah, like he just totally got out of sports media. Uh. And then the other thing, so then in 2013, a website called Football Nation yep. reaches out and they had all kinds of promises. You know, like their projections and when we signed a contract with them. We did like a... Our whole podcast wasn't them, though, right? Didn't we do like a 10, 15-minute thing every week no, for them? No, we did. A, we did two podcasts. We did two. That's We right. did our show, and then we did a football-only show. That's right. And we did it weekly, one a week, and we started with basically the – like, say, week zero. And you were doing, like, live blogs for them, too, right? Yeah, we like did a lot of work and, on it. Yeah. And the problem with the contract was it was like we're going to pay you based on – hits and down but they didn't know how to calculate it right because they just put it on the front of the of the front of the web page and that site was i don't know if they're still around are they i don't think so they were kind of a mess too they wanted to be everything to everyone it seemed like like they had individual like there's your buffalo bills page here's your saints page here's your whatever so to find anything like if i remember right like you said we didn't really know how to count the stuff but it just felt like there was more activity like obviously the first day when the stuff was on the main page and then it just would get right. bumped down and be gone they didn't it was early even in 2013 you know i think that the technology wasn't ready for like now there's so many stats and counting and oh, um, yeah, yeah. you know the way podcasts can be embedded and there's just so much more technology we were at the mercy of the coders of that site Right. right, and they wouldn't let us like step in. You know, they wouldn't let us say, "Hey, let's do it this way," or "Let's do it this way." Let's not have it on our RSS feed. Let's make it exclusive to the site. Right, side. right. And then what happened was now here's a, a couple things I remember about the contract. Rob said not to sign it. Oh, really? Yeah, he said no. And then the 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 guy's name was Andrew Miller. Carrie J. Byrne, who does Cold Hard Facts, that yeah, site yeah. still exists. Kerry had been a podcast guest, and he suggested us to Andrew Miller. Okay, and he, Andrew, got in touch with me, and he, and I wanted some money, like any money, sure, like just give us five hundred bucks right. each uh, to get going, you know. And he talked me into this long, convoluted thing, and Rob didn't like it because they own the content, and I was like, well, but they only own that show, like we still own our show. 
You know, they were just going to own the football version. Right. And he said to me, make sure every time you record their podcast, you make sure to mention that it's different from the other one. Okay. Like, say, the football only version or whatever right right football Football nation Nation presents yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i did that he's like just clearly define which one you're doing for them so that they can't say they own like another one right but um then what happened is that's 2013 so in between the conference championship and the super bowl i got very sick yep so we kind of didn't finish the year out and i was worried that they were gonna like come at us a little bit yeah and uh um, yeah, remember that now yep and uh in the end they gave us 200 bucks which was the last payment we made to bob on the equipment okay they gave us one check for 200 bucks which essentially went to bob for the equipment and asked me if i wanted to resign for 2014 but i said no because there was just so much uncertainty about my health at that point okay i'm like i do not want to commit to that and for what they gave us a check for t- all that for two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. We were doing, you know, and we probably a few hours. Every we could week. have pressed it more, uh-huh. but the problem was we didn't even give them a, f- a Super Bowl show. Oh right, the football. Yeah, our football show had no <laughs> Super Bowl show. That's right. Because I was in the hospital. I yeah. watched that Super Bowl. So funny story. So that day, Tammy brought me a slice of pizza. They said I got a slice of pizza Super Bowl Sunday, and she brought one for my neighbor who was kind of in, like, hospital limbo because he was a dementia patient, but he would come in and out. He wasn't full dementia. Okay. But since he had kids at home, they wouldn't allow him to be released to the home. So they were waiting for him to get placement in a facility. Okay. Right? So he couldn't go home, but he couldn't leave the hospital. So he needed to find – so that day, he fell asleep. I fell asleep waiting for the game. And I woke up, and he wasn't in the room. And they found him on the roof of the hospital. What? <laughs> yeah, so they, <laughs> they had to strap him down. So then during the Super Bowl, he's strapped down to the bed, screaming and yelling. He doesn't want to be strapped down. The lights went out in the Superdome. It was just like a wild, surreal day. Oh, so this was the 49ers? Yeah, the 49ers Ravens. Ravens, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm watching the game with a dementia patient who's strapped to his bed, bitching and moaning about it. You know, there's no lights. How many Super Bowls did you watch from a hospital? Is that the only one? That's the only Super Bowl. Okay. But it I always was, feels like it's around that time when you... I was very, very ill for the Patriots-Panthers Super Bowl. Like, when was the brother? When was your brother's uh, tournament, the hockey tournament, uh, the Frozen Four and everything? Cause you okay, that just... was 2013, yeah. Oh, okay, that was the same year. Same okay, year so you just about. got out of the yeah. hospital. Okay. Yep, so... Yeah, so that was another crazy opportunity we had. Then the whole thing with Duff McKagan was wild. Yeah. Right? Because what happened with that is – now, it's not a secret, and it it's just what it was. I booked all the guests, right? That's yes. Just, I just didn't do that, right? So I booked all the guests, and Duff McKagan was writing a column for sports – or for ESPN, a um, sports and business type column. Music, sports, business column on ESPN.com. So I reached out through ESPN.com, and they said, okay, you can have an interview Tuesday at 8 a.m. or something. It was real early. Okay. So I knew you weren't going to be able to be there. Right. And it was just when we kind of got into the point of saying, like, we're not going to turn down interviews. Just because I wouldn't be there. Because Don would be there. Right, right, right. I would just do them. Yeah, you pretty much ran them. Because at first we were trying to 
get every interview to be like at seven o'clock on Tuesday night, but the window was so right, small, right. it was limiting us. So Monday comes. So this interview's on Tuesday. Monday comes and it's announced that Guns N' Roses is inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. So that happens on Monday. <clears throat> so I get to do the first interview with anyone. In Guns, in Guns N' Roses, Roses. post this announcement. No one else did it. We, to this day, can't find one. Really? That aired before it. So, my friend Eric Haber is a Guns N' Roses super fan. And he helped us get that out there. To, like, their message to, board, to, you know, fan to, site. And that podcast just blew up. Yep. I mean, it was everywhere. We were in Metal Sludge blogs. We were on <laughs> RollingStone.com, you know, writing an article about Guns N' Roses. And it'd be like... Duff McKagan mentioned on a podcast. Right, right. You know what I mean? Of course, they couldn't say say the name ours or anything. Drop a website. Yeah, it was everywhere. So that was wild. And then this is something I wanted to ask you, like, or maybe I don't want to say lecture you, but I don't think you're proud enough, and I think maybe I'm not proud enough either, of the fact that fucking Sports Illustrated, yeah, in 2014 this named us nice. yeah. one of the best sports podcasts of the year. No, that was sweet. That was. Uh, that felt close too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you're getting named yeah. by Sports Illustrated, and now he's he still does the show, right? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be on in a couple weeks. Yeah, I like Tyson. Yeah, but uh, and I yeah, think that maybe, felt like it's may, right there. Maybe in our in our own minds, we oh well, we had that guy on, so we maybe weren't as proud of it, right? Right, sure. But yeah, Richard we know Deitch, him, right? Richard Deitch isn't. Throwing us a bone in fucking Sports Illustrated. Right, right. For no reason. Right. He believed it, you know. And I went back and looked about a year ago. So not every year. They haven't done it every year. That media column? Right. Okay. And uh, since Deitch left and went to the Athletic, a different person does it. Okay. But every single time Sports Illustrated has named a podcast of the year with honorable mentions, we are still the only independent Independent podcast ever to be named. Yeah, that's wild. You know, and I don't know how, sometimes I don't know how you bring that up to someone, <laughs> but I've been much better about making sure when I'm pitching guests and things like that, that I'm saying like sports illustrated, like sports illustrated is the thing. Yeah. You know, in this business, that's one of the, that's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. It always feels a little bit like, cause like you said, you booked all the guests from day one and, uh. I, that's what I was always be the most impressed with. It's like, oh, we just put out this little podcast. But, I mean, if you didn't know better, the guests that come on here are the same guests that, like... Everyone gets. Everyone gets. Nobody's out booking us. Right. They're not. Right. So that was always the most impressive thing about the podcast to me. Now, we never figured out how to... We we didn't. Yeah. And that's it, our failure. And the toughest thing now is, like... Now there's a billion. If you're ESPN or yep. if you're Sports Illustrated, you don't look elsewhere for a podcast. You're like, oh, no, our... Our authors are going to do a podcast for right. Sports Illustrated yep. or for ESPN. It's become part of the job. Right. Everyone has a network of their own right. now. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if that was uh, – what was his name from ESPN? Simmons? Maybe that Bill was – Bill Simmons. Maybe he yeah. kind of started that yep. type of uh, – Well, because and, – and you kind of mentioned him being close. I think we thought, okay, Sports Illustrated thinks we're one of the best sports podcasts. And John Wertheim is just about going to be executive editor there. Oh, that's right. And when he becomes executive editor, He's I'm going to push guest. him yep. to hire us. And he was always interested. 
and he could. He didn't get it right, or did he couldn't figure out how to make it work le- with legal. He'd always say legal. Oh, really? You know, like oh, legal. And then I was like, well, I brought it up to the other editors, and they're like, well, don't we have a podcast about sports media? Like, don't we already have? And that? What was that? Deitches. Deitches. Yeah. But it's like Deitches podcast was a very strict. Same eight guys in sports, like a very strict interviews about ratings, and it was very, right, very, right. very. Where ours was broader. You Plus, know? a lot of those podcasts, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, they're kind of beholden to like a time structure. Uh, right. Some of the podcasts I listen to, like I listen to Pete Holmes. He was he had a late night show at one point. He's a comedian. Yeah. He'll do like an interview with someone. If I'm not into the guest, I guess I don't listen to it. But if you're into the guest, he's going to do like a two and a half hour interview with this guy, and you don't find that anywhere else. And that's kind of what you were doing. You would just sit down with someone, and if uh, who's the guy that talks to you about anything and everything? Uh, Jeff Perlman. Perlman. Yeah. If Perlman wants to do an hour with you, you're going to post an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was always really cool instead of just some, you know, media tour. And look, I'm not here trying to say we're, we influenced anyone or anything like that, but we were early to the game. And a lot of the things that are big in podcasts are things we did before they were big. Yeah. I remember, I know you're a big Stern guy. I remember uh, one of the comments he made. While we were, you know, hustling yeah. doing a podcast about he's like, <laughs> I don't even know what a podcast yeah. is type of thing. So it's like, that's how long you've been doing it yeah. since. Well, I told this story too. Peter King was on our 20th episode and it was a big get for us. Yeah. I was proud of that one. And he said to me, I'll do it, but I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny. I don't know what it is. You got to tell me more information because what is this? Yeah. You know, and. That was a big deal for us too. When, so the first guest was passing. The second week was Wachinski, yeah. and then the third week was Deitch. And the day after the Deitch one went up, I got an email from the person working uh, publicity and PR for Sports Illustrated. Okay, but his email address was like at Time Inc. something, you know. So he was like a suit, yeah, yeah, you know. And he's like, I want you to call me today or whatever. So I call him and he's like, I appreciate you having a, him on and. I want you to know you can have anyone on. But just don't go through the um, – ask him first or something? No, not even. Oh, no, okay. It was almost the opposite. Oh, okay, because we've had that before Don't too. bother me. Yeah, ESPN is really strict about – Going through their guys. Wanting us to go through Hoffheimer or whoever. But um, it was basically like almost him giving a blessing. I don't know if we oh, needed okay. it, but, you yeah. know, basically what it was. But I think he – was very not sure what it was too. Right. You know, and getting information from me. But um, you know, that was just something I figured out in terms of they all had the same email. If you knew one person's email, you knew everybody's. Yeah, it is it is wild. Like we had all these big guests and it, we didn't really have characters because it was just you and I. I mean once in a while we'd have like someone from your family or something on the show. But uh <laughs> um I don't know what that was. That was wild. Yeah. You're getting a phone call. But yeah, we'd have regulars. Like, yeah. You know, like, so there, if you Damashek. listen to Damashek, Yeah, Deitch. Deitch. Who's the one that Deitch would always give you crap about? Uh, did, I think oh, he did Lee Jenkins. College, Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's college basketball, right? Or baseball? Uh, NBA. NBA. And you know what's wild, too, is like Jenkins did an interview with us standing in the hallway at the NBA Finals. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah. his biggest night, and he's given us time. Someone did with driving home from one, too. I can't remember what that pa- was. That was passing, passing? I think. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, look, at, I think we we accomplished a lot together. and But the failure is we didn't we didn't know how to monetize it. 
You know, yeah. we didn't we didn't know how to make it bigger than what it was. Yeah, I think the one thing that you I know? see some people some people do now, and I still don't. I mean, I, yeah, I think you'd almost have to you have to sell advertising or something like that, and then you're then you're hustling twice. You're hustling to get guests, and then you're hustling to try to get people to. Well, I don't know, know how much I told you show. about it or the listeners either, but about a year and a half ago, Slate.com. So I've been booking Josh Levine. He's uh, their big podcast, and it actually won when we did. It was one of the other ones. Just oh, really? Shut okay. up and listen. Okay. So he was a host of that. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to reach out to him and have him on. And he came on, and I would have him like once a year. And uh, he emailed me one day, and he's like, hey, at Slate, we're going to create our own version of Patreon. We're going to create a, okay. a podcast paywall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we want your podcast to pilot this. Really? So my thought was in their mind was they wanted a podcast that had listeners but wasn't big so that they could kind of guinea pig troubleshoot. Yeah. With, uh, they needed something people listen to. Right. And people do listen to this. Um, not millions, but people do listen. Right. But not so many that they would get inundated with complaints and bugs. They wanted just enough to have the bugs. You know, that's my opinion. Right, anyway. right. Like a beta test. So I took all these meetings really, and took their contract and negotiated commercials with them throughout the platform. I got way more than they wanted to offer. I did a really good job negotiating it. And in the end, I talked to Tammy and I just said, I can't sign this. I just don't. I don't want to sign something. And I knew in the back of my mind my health was failing. And I was like, I don't want to sign something and be stuck like that again. Did that come up at all? Like the the odds that, you know. No, no. I didn't. I never said anything to them. Like, you know, they did ask me why I hadn't monetized it in the past. And I said I didn't want to be in a position where I was taking people's money in case I couldn't provide what I promised. Right. Um, and that was a big, that was huge for them. Because like, well, this is great because we can stop the payments you know, like they had all these safeguards in their mind for that. Did they end up doing it? Like what? I don't think they did do it in yeah. general. You know, because I said, I, I said I don't want to do it right now. Maybe in six months. And they said okay. And then I never heard from them again. I've never noticed. It's tough when Patreon's already out there. You yeah. Know, like if somebody wanted to do a the the technology was really good. I thought because they showed me everything they had. Yeah. But and then I was right because in 2019, I mean, I had three surgeries in 289 days. Right. You know what I mean? And it was just before it was maybe four months before the first surgery, so I knew in my back of my mind that I wasn't feeling great, and I just I didn't want to do it. But I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I sometimes I wonder like you take a job and if you get sick you take sick time, and I wonder if that should be my. And anything you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I keep saying, no, I can't do it because if I get sick. Or maybe I should be saying, okay, I'll take the job. And then if I get sick, I tell the boss, I need sick time. Yeah, or, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, doing it from an iPhone in the hospital. But, yeah, I've always thing. been afraid to take people's money. But also, like, I think I say that as an excuse. You know, I, maybe I'm scared in some way. I don't know. But I know, like, I said this earlier and you laugh, but it meant something to me. Like, I wanted to get you out of the... No, I know you said that specifically to me you know? when we were talking to the score. Yeah. You're like cuz they gave us a number first which it would have been enough. It would have been 
Yeah, I think I still would have had to work. <laughs> right. But it was it was, you know, probably half of what I was making at the bank or something. It's like shit, but you said like I got to get you a little more because it's not quite – I want you out of the bank. I want yeah. you doing this with me however many hours a week or whatever. And I guess in that sense we failed, but – Hey, it's got to be closer than 99.9% of the people come. We tried. And it's still going, so and, – and, and that's the other thing. People always say like, oh, are you and Don not friends or did you and Don fall out or no. Like first of all, Don and I were friends before we knew we were friends. Right, right. You know, and we'll always be friends, you know, until – as long as we're on this planet, we'll be friends. Right. I think I was joking with you. We were arguing about something on Twitter or something. I'm like, we know each other in real life. We want to <laughs> argue about this. Yeah. Why don't yeah. we do it in real life? Like, yeah, what are we right. doing with the 280 character arguments yeah. here, you know? But no, it wasn't that at all. I think what just happened, and you can confirm or deny, you just ended up having two kids and a job. Yeah, my and hours your job got, moved. Yeah, my hours got longer and further away. My old job was like a five-minute drive down the road here. It was actually – Closer probably to your house than yeah. was my house. So, so coming home once or twice a week and stopping here first was easy. And it never – you never said, like, I'm not on the podcast anymore either. You, we just – I just kind of knew. Yeah. You know, and you just stopped kind of coming. And – Yeah, I think we're going to feel it out. I respected see if that. it was ever going to work. Yeah. I don't know that it would have. Maybe things are getting easier now. But, and, I mean, COVID pro- makes it weird too. And probably we could have – done skype or something too sure we did that I a little bit why the one we year resisted that we did that one year um we were doing like kind of a separate sabers playoff post right yeah thing. yep and that we, seven game series against the flyers. flyers yeah and that was big that was really good for us too yeah i i'm such a, a homer i i couldn't have the one guy on like I, he always pissed me off yeah I yeah, who he was. yeah. Was um, just, i was like it was like dog Shit, I can't remember his name. Yeah, it was, was from a the bit Flyers. Too. It was from the Flyers uh, SB Nation site. Yeah, we just always saw saw the game through yeah. two different lenses. Yeah, but no, that was fun. But like, I wanted to have you here and like just thank you because this podcast, first of all, wouldn't have been a podcast without you. And you know, I know it's kind of looked at as like my thing. You know? Oh yeah, no, I definitely, I and mean, especially now, but it was our thing, you know, and I. Yeah, I was thinking back to it originally. Um, when we started to, uh, to really go into the weeds with it, it was we would record. I think Bob would even edit and upload it. He was yeah, definitely Bob doing the website bit, stuff. Yeah. And then it yeah, would. Thanks to Bob. Bob then, was a big help early. And then we would go home and then it would get posted and whatever. Yeah. And then it went to like we came to your house to yeah. record. And you kind of did that. Stuff. I did all that yeah. stuff. But you were handling the guests and everything. Yeah. And then as you learned to do that stuff, it, it really became your baby. So Yeah. But, I mean, like, it wouldn't have been a thing without you. And I don't know if I would have worked as hard on it without you because I really believed, like, we could do this. We can we can get Don out of the bank. And, <laughs> you know, we, and that was easy dream to have when it was just – we were just a couple couples, right? It was just right, me and right, Tammy right. Yeah. and you and Michelle. Yep. Right, and you just had this shitty job at a bank. Right. So it didn't need to be millions, and we weren't even thinking about life like that, you know. And then you know, as you, as Molly was born first, you know, and then Ryan, and then Paula, and you know, priorities change and things change, and the business change and the landscape of it. I don't know. It was fun, though. I still find myself sometimes kind of watching something that I get heated about or whatever, and being like. This would have been my one of my three things this right, week. Yeah. <laughs> now I just got a bitch at Twitter and have nobody listen. But yeah, <clears throat> but I don't know. I'm proud of what we did. You know, when I look back at the era of you and I, 
I'm proud of all those shows and we learned together and we Oh yeah. You know, we would and we were really good at we could disagree about something on the show, argue about it, we turned the mics off. Oh, what so what's going on there? So you know, we we never took anything. No, you're you're good at uh I think you tend to be more calm than me with with my sports takes. Like I remember I I think of this every time I watch the Bills do good this year. Uh I think I texted you or called you after they drafted Josh Allen. And I'm like, why do they think they're smarter than yeah. everybody? Like, what is wrong with my stupid team? Why yeah. do they think they're smarter than everybody? It's like, oh, crap. And I think I said, so look, glad they I... just took their guy. Yeah. You know, they they evaluated it, and they took their guy. And yeah, I... you're like, they're not the only team that had him on their yeah. board there. And I'm like, oh, all right. I hope they know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted Rosen, who still hasn't <laughs> landed anywhere. Really. And you know what? I didn't like Rosen because I didn't think he took football seriously enough. And I think that maybe. that's – yeah. Maybe. That's maybe been true, I think, in a way. You know, I just think he I keep thinking about that with had uh, other goals. He's gonna be a lawyer or so you know, when this yeah. is over, he's gonna I keep thinking of that with Quinn now, the Sabres draft pick. It just seems so obvious to take the other oh guy. Oh my but... god, that's been a pet peeve of mine. And I you've put push push back on me, which is fine, but why does everyone on Twitter think they know more about the OHL than the Sabres do? No, the only thing I would Nobody's say about that. Nobody's ever watched a single fucking no, OHL No, and I, I have never watched either of those guys play. The only thing I would <laughs> say about that, and now the one guy's hurt. So, uh, Rossi. Rob, Rossi's yeah. hurt long term, I think. Quinn was great in the juniors. Yeah, yeah the, the only thing I would say about that is not watching them. Uh, these guys you could compare really well just based on numbers because they were on the same team. And, like, the other guy had better numbers at a younger age. And it's like, I just don't know what they saw in the other guy. He's He seems to have some red flags. Well, he's what they saw in him was bit. that he was the best goal, goal scorer, scorer in the OHL. Yeah. That's what they saw in him. But, yeah, he's been, he's been good from all accounts in the in the juniors. And then he's, I guess, been okay in training camp. So I just always feel like with the NHL draft, like, it's not football. You, we, we, at least we can know. say we yeah. watch college football. Sure. To some degree, right? Yeah, yeah. At least we can say we watch it. It's covered by the shows we watch. Like, right, right. You know, it just blows my mind that some guy, and not even you, like just but some guy out there thinks he knows more about the <laughs> OHL. Yeah. And I know the Sabres are not the number one franchise to just Drafting. give the benefit of the doubt yeah. to. Right? They excuse me, certainly made their mistakes. Uh, they haven't been in the playoffs in 35 years. So, like, yeah. I get that, too. But I don't know. I, I'm just like. <laughs> but, yeah, you're always good at that for me. When yeah. I get heated about something, I'll I'll text you or tweet you about it. It's like, why is this good? Like, why is this okay? Talk me down from this. Yeah, but like I was saying, like, I know this is kind of viewed as my thing. And certainly now it's been a few years. It's crazy. It's been a few years since you were on. Like, I've been doing this on my own for a few yeah, years now. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, I guess I'm going on, what, four years? I mean, how old job? is Ryan? Yeah, he'll, he's he's six. So, I mean, it was maybe a year after Ryan. Yeah. I think you got about one year into two kids. Well, really, the straw that broke the camel's back is the new job. So, how long have you been at the new job? Yeah, I was thinking. I think it's. I think it, this will be four in February. Yeah, so it's basically been four years. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, since you've been gone. So I know people, okay, and sure, I'll own it. It is, it is my thing, right? Especially now. Yeah, oh yeah. But it wouldn't be what it was without you. And I don't know if I would have started it without you. No, that's... I don't know if it would have got past the first year without you. Yeah, it was fun. I appreciate you know? it. And um, you'll always be a part of the show. And also, like, you're still on it. Yeah. Right? Like, you never got fired or quit. <laughs> if, you tell, if you called me tomorrow and said, you know what, I want to start coming every week, you can come every week. Sounds good. You know, you can always come. You can come yeah. 
you know, once a month, once a year, or zero. It doesn't matter no, to as me. Things, you know, you, it, that seat's always there for you if you want. As things settle down, you know. You know, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But, I mean, and look, the podcast is 10 years old, and you've done six of them. Right. You know, so you've still done more than you didn't. Did you ever think about getting anybody else or anything? No. No, not even a, uh, it's a me Skype and, thing? It's me or, and you, no. or it's just me. You know, once in a while, someone can come on, but I don't want to do it full-time with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, you've branched out and done – how many different podcasts have you done now? You did the hockey one? Yeah, did... so I did Lonely End of the Rink with Dater. you did more than one wrestling one, right? Yeah, so I have one currently called the Adams Division that I do four times a year. So it's meant to be quarterly. Okay. It's very much a side project. We okay. do it quarterly. You know, we do four a year, and that's with Peter Winston from Greetings from Allentown. Uh, and I do that. And then I have the 24-inch podcast, which I think is going to be more serious. We're going to try to do it every other week. Maybe I was thinking of another wrestling podcast. Arm that Drags you'd... and Rainmakers. I did, did one. Did you guest on one a lot? I do. The Place to Be Nation. That's, maybe that's the one I'm you thinking know, of. Okay. I do that. So, and I have learned that the best way to build the audience is to be on other podcasts. Yeah. It's the most effective yeah. thing. If I can get on other podcasts, anytime I do. Make somebody laugh or something. Anytime I get on a podcast, I I drag a rake of at least one yeah you know i mean the biggest obviously example is when i was on deitch's podcast well that's because you know, i was actually a guest on his that was huge for me i watch twitch sometimes which is like the video game streaming yeah. thing and that's really the thing at the end of at the end of somebody's stream they might like send you to somebody else's stream and if you're there for 10 minutes and you're like oh this guy's entertaining you might click follow on that guy and that's all it takes to you know get one extra guest to the next show so yep well, Don was on the uh, first 150, 200 shows, and he's on this one, and he can be on any time. I mean, I'm sincere about that. You know, we started this together, and the sportscasters will always be, at least in my mind, you know, something that I did with Don, and, and, and you know, he's not on right now, but, you know, I don't know what I can compare it to, but it's sort of like, um, I don't know, it's almost like you're just on a long maternity leave in my mind. <laughs> and look, no, I, hey, you may never, never come know. back, but... I wouldn't count it out. You could, you know. And, hey, I appreciate it. Um, so the the seat's always open do for you. Do you do a know. regular? Like, do you have, is it? I mean, my goal is to do I mean, I subscribe to it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I yeah. do subscribe to it. It's just, I'm trying to, th I don't know how many you do every it's year. It's basically built to be bi-weekly. Okay. Bi and like my thought now, too, with the other one is that I will do one and then the next one. And then, oh, I you gotcha. Know what I mean? Like every they, other. Yeah, like two of each a month. And, gotcha. You know, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's 24-inch podcast. And it's actually to be honest, a lot better than I thought, even thought it was going to be when I started. Because I kind of handpicked this guy out of New Jersey, just kind of this maniac in all the right ways, who had <laughs> yeah. never done a podcast before. Really? You know, and I kind of handpicked him to do this project with me. And Yeah, it's weird. I've never – I mean, I, I liked wrestling when everybody did, kind yeah. of like in the Hogan era yeah. and, and then, then the again Austin in the – yeah. yeah. Uh, but I always find the content interesting. And my son will once in a while just be skipping around YouTube watching yeah. wrestling videos, and it's, it's fun. You know, it's a dude soap opera, so – all right, that's Don Russ, the one of the original sportscaster hosts. I couldn't do the 10-year anniversary podcast without him. Uh, Don, thanks for being on, and uh, I will see me. you in real life. Absolutely. <laughs>
It's soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters. You can also find us on Twitter at sports underscore casters. You can email me, the sportscasters at gmail.com. And if you are willing to give a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, it's been a while since we've had a review. And I think that's bad. Uh, so if you could take care of that. Greetings from Allentown. My buddy Peter Winston at GF Allentown Pod. Find out all the news about the Greetings from Allentown podcast and Greetings from Allentown Live with Keithy. And also, Peter and I will have an Adams Division podcast in the next month or so uh, where I think we're going to do top 10 lists, Hogan and Savage. I'll do Hogan. He'll do Savage. Uh, also, it's beginning a hockey season. If you're an Avalanche fan, ColoradoHockeyNow.com at a dater on Twitter. You have to do it. Uh, and one more podcast to plug, and that's my side project, the 24-inch podcast at number two, number four, the word inch and the word podcast at 24-inch podcast on Twitter. Email me, number two, number four, inch podcast at gmail.com. New episodes every other week. Uh, last week we did the Big Boss Man and the Saturday Night's Main Event match from 1988. And this week we will do the next one, which I guess is next week. Uh, we will do the Royal Rumble 1991. That's one of the two Royal Rumbles that Hulk won. That'll be a fun podcast. I'm especially excited to read the news on that one. Um, I don't know how much I want to say, but there should be some media about the sportscaster soon. Uh, so keep a, keep your eyes open on at sports underscore casters for more information on that. Something I'm very excited about, and I will tell you all about uh, when the time is right. All right, with that said, I guess it's time for one last thing. And since we did the Saints at the top, we may as well do the sportscasters on the way out here. You know, it's been 10 years, you know, and in the words of Andre the Giant, 10 years to do a podcast is a long time. Uh, so I'm very appreciative to be able to do it for this long. You know, it started out where I would go to Don's friend Bob's house and record in this room in this guy's house. So someone's life would be going on outside this room. And inside the room, Don and I would be recording the Sportscasters podcast, and we were wide-eyed. I mean, I legitimately thought that at some point Don would quit his job at the uh, at the bank, and we would do the Sportscasters full-time. I had no doubt in my mind about it. And we never got to that point. We came close a couple times to monetizing it. I don't know if it would have been enough to go full-time, but we came close to making it at least a part-time job. But it seemed like always something went wrong. My health, you know, a, a station that had been on SiriusXM for years is suddenly no longer a station, things like that. Uh, but it always has been a part of my life since 2011. You know, I've always done it. I've enjoyed booking the guests sometimes. I've enjoyed interviewing the guests almost all the time. And I, I've enjoyed the connection I have with whoever it is that's listening to this. And maybe it's a failure of the show that after 10 years, it's not more people. But it's a good amount. And I get emails almost every day and tweets almost every day and people... Uh, with complaints and with confirmations and with questions. And I enjoy it. And I've answered every one in 10 years. I don't think I've missed one, whether it be a tweet or an email. 
So I love that interaction. But, you know, really the sportscast has just been, it has been what it was meant to be when it was started. And that was something for me to do when my health had made it impossible for me to do what I trained to do and what my career was. You know, I knew I was going to have to go on SSDI. I knew that I was no longer going to be able to work full time, at least not right away, that I was going to be home for some amount of time. And I needed to find something in my life to fill the gap. And I created a podcast called The Sportscasters. And it's always been here to fill that gap. You know, since it started, I've had several surgeries. I think four, maybe five, four or five surgeries. And it was here before each surgery and has been here after. And it's been a big part of my recovery each time. You know, it's meant a lot to me after time off to get back into the podcast room and to record these interviews. So I need to thank some people. First of all, I got to thank Don Russ for creating the show with me, for being there all those years, for putting in all that time, and uh, for being a big part of creating the show. I want to thank all the guests, right? But especially the ones who've been on 20 times, like Lee Jenkins or John Wertheim or Jeff Perlman, Jeff Passan, Greg Wyshynski, the regulars. I want to thank people like Dave Damashek for his mentorship in the beginning. It was huge. Zach Rosenfield, you know, the whole Damashek world in the beginning. I want to thank people who did podcasts with me, like Adrian Dater, you know, Mike Abelson. I want to thank Peter Winson. Uh, Justin Rosero, uh, Scott, the people at Place to Be Nation for having me on their podcasts. Jenny from the Jenny position. You know, I want to thank, obviously, anyone who's listened. I want to thank my family for putting up with it. Tammy, I want to thank Paula for helping me on the podcast the last couple of years. You know, thank my mom for being our first fan. My brothers for always being willing to have their lives talked about on here and provide feedback. You know, I'm sure I'm leaving someone off, but I just want to thank everyone who's made it possible. You know, whether it was because of an interview they agreed to do, a book they allowed me to promote, a CD they helped me uh, they allowed me to promote, a documentary movie. We've done all those things. It's been so many experiences I never really dreamed of. And I still feel in some way like I'm just getting started. I know 10 years is a long time to have a podcast, but I don't see why I couldn't go 20 I mean, as long as I want to come in here and do it, no one's going to tell me I can't. Like, as cool as it is to say I have a podcast for 10 years, I do understand that I only had a podcast for 10 years because I decided to have a podcast for 10 years. No one told me to start it. No one could tell me to stop it. It's my thing, right? I don't think we're doing anything that would cause us to get deplatformed or anything like that. So for as long as I want to do it, the equipment will be in here. The Internet will be over there. And hopefully you will be out there. And I'll go on and on and on like that for, you know, as long as I can, I guess. I don't have any plans to to move on. I have the Sportscasters now. I have the 24-inch podcast with Dave Rollins, which I love to do. I love Dave. I handpicked him for that. And that's on the Sportscasters feed. So I got these two shows on my feed. I'm doing the Adams Division podcast with Peter Winston. I think I'm finally getting good at this to some degree too. I'm not as mushed mouthed as I once was. I'm enunciating better. 
I'm trying. You know, but the Sportscasters was created, like I said, to fill a void in my life. And the void is still there, and as long as it's there, I will need the Sportscasters, and I will need you. So thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of 10 years of the Sportscasters. Face the path of time.